Uh, hi folks. Our content warnings for this week are uh, there will be some discussion of the pandemic, there will be um, some discussion of chronic illness, and there will be the ever-present discussion of ADHD. Probably. The other thing to note is that we have animals, yep. and they can sometimes make a ruckus. I'm Such talking about ruckus. you, Sergi. I know. I will be going out to uh, make sure all of the chickens uh, go outside during the break, or go to bed during the break. Uh, and yeah, that brings us to the final warning, which is we swear a lot, often at the cats. Well, or mostly Sergi, honestly. Yeah, mostly Sergi. Occasionally, one of the other ones, when they, you know, get directly underfoot at the critical moment, so you step on them, and then you scream an obscenity, and they yowl, and then you apologize and feel like a monster. Because it's all your fault, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you should go in warned that uh, there will be swearing. So, hi, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode two hundred. And 56. Uh, I have a wonderful guest uh, who I met during my Building a Second Brain course, um, Kristen Tweedale, the feminist scrapbooker. Um, it was a great talk. I really hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Um, but uh, yeah, so my week has mostly been taken up by uh, chickens and chicken care and I hit a blocker on a project for work, and now I'm kind of stuck because I can't unblock it. I have to wait on another team. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the hurry up and wait. Yeah, so I'm in hurry up and wait mode, so I've been trying to get through like other things like, you know, planning for future... Um, planning future work and organizing all of that stuff because it needs to be done, and uh, no one really else is doing it right now. So, hey, that's what you get with a new team. A small team, you know, and uh, and so I've been stretching my uh, project manager, scrum master, whatever muscles that have been a little, a little rusty for the last, you know, haven't really used them for about, you know, nine months, eight, nine months. Um, but it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, and I'm really happy to be doing it. I just wish I were writing code. That's the weirdest thing. Like... Two years ago, three years ago, no, five years ago, I would have been do. I wanted to be doing nothing but the project management, the Scrum stuff and issues and all that stuff, and I love it, and I love it, um, but now I'm like, I, this is great, this is very valuable, but I feel like I'm not doing my job, yeah. even though it is kind of part of my job. It's... So. it's uh... Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, as as a writer, I have a similar thing, which is um, uh, I've been doing a lot of interviews and oh yeah, uh, you know, podcast appearances and stuff. And on the one hand, that's fabulous because that people care that I exist, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, you know, and and this is advertising for books, and my oh, yeah. publisher is setting it oh, up, yeah. and that's great, but. At the same time, it's like, it's not that any of the work is bad. Like, I always enjoy being on the podcast and have some great conversations. It's just that it is it is not the thing that, like, I am a writer, not a... a uh, yeah. 
You're a writer and an illustrator. Not yeah, a, yeah, so... Yeah. Which, and it, it reminds me, often I think of this line, in fact, as I fight my email, was uh, uh, Neil Gaiman saying that he had realized at some point in his life he had not, he'd stopped being a person who wrote words and he became a person who answered email. And he, uh, he was like, this, this is clearly the problem. Oh, yes. So he hired an assistant and, uh, which, you know. Yeah. More power no. to them. Um, and many of those assistants have gone off to do wonderful things of their own. So There is a, uh, a assistant, like a part-time assistant, that some of the people on my writer's Slack share. Oh, wow. And who sets up, you know, uh, uh, the appointments for, for the things, and uh, I believe triages the email and i'll be honest i have occasionally thought that it might be worth my time to uh, <laughs> to yeah I mean, what do you no. call it buy a part share and a personal assistant because i i, 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 I don't generate anything like enough work for a full-time one well i mean you know virtual assistants exist and virtual assistants are not like are not full-time employed by you 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 pay timeshare basically um there are several services i actually explored them several years ago um and discovered that i at the time and probably even now did did not have even enough work to justify the expense of a virtual part-time assistant because it was all we can do x we can do y and wow that's a lot of money that I really, you know. Yeah, don't, and people yeah. have been like, you could totally hire a, an assistant. And I'm like, no, I can't. I like, A, I am not, I, I can't afford to pay anybody a living wage. Right. And B, I don't make that much work. Like, it takes, <laughs> you know, I, I'm like a, a half an hour to an hour, two or three times a week by somebody who, you know, is not super easily distracted, but I feel bad because there'll be like an email on the contact form that I totally mean to answer, and then you know it's three months later, and I'm like, eh, poop. I, I, I would love to get my hands into your inbox and just triage the living daylights out of it. How big is your inbox right now? Uh, let me let me look. Hang on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just cleaned it up a bunch earlier today. Uh, and, um, and I'll admit I'm doing the bad thing. I have several things in my email inbox that should probably be in a task manager. So I get them done, but I keep them in my, I'm, I'm using my email as my uh, part, as part of a to-do list. And that is a bad habit that I need to get back. I need to get out of. Well, there's 18 unread. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know how many read there are. Yeah, so... It's really not that bad. I I have four email messages in my oh, inbox. shut up. And those are the four that need to be moved into a, a to-do list or task manager. I let it get up as high as 10 today and was by today and was feeling incredibly guilty. So I just went through and answered a whole bunch. Um, and took care of it. Why? Uh, what? No, I'm, I'm not. Put your email down and get back to signing. 
Don't make me crack the whip. <laughs> there's just there's there's a bunch of stuff in here. That's yeah, like I I really I just I just want to go in and and make filters for the junk and stuff. I've made a lot of junk filters. Yeah, but you know, and all the newsletters don't need to live in your inbox. Especially if you spend a lot of time looking at it going, I'll read that later, and then just marking it red. Or opening it so it'll get marked red, and then closing it again. I I do that occasionally, but I, I actually don't get that many newsletters. Uh, like, I get a lot of spam. Yeah. But the only do. newsletter that I, like, read is... Uh, that I actually read is the one from... Uh, Cactus Jungle, because it's the best <laughs> plant newsletter around. Best plant newsletter around. Yes, it's hilarious. Like, like the captions, uh, it, it's all, you know, here's a picture of, of uh, like, this is a, a rare, such a echeveria from wherever. <laughs> echeveria is a funny word. Echeveria. Yeah. It, it's written by someone who sounds like well-meaning and also extremely high. Well, there's nothing that says they're not both those things. Well, they are located in California. And the funny thing is they're not even a mail order nursery, so I can't order from them. I like it's just a little bright spot in my day. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've got, you know, the update from the feed store, I've got the update from the co-op. I get the update on what's on sale at the Food Lion and the Harris Teeter and which is funny cuz I don't even do the shopping. You know? Yeah, I don't get any of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, uh, but yes, you are signing. How many things are you signing currently? I don't know. Okay. Uh, and and this is a, it is a not known because... It's I'm a known unknown. Yes, it is known that it is unknown because I am signing pages for the Digger Kickstarter, mm -hmm. which will end by the time you have heard this. What, day after tomorrow? Uh, yeah, today. This is the last 24 hours. Oh, okay. But uh, the pages I am signing will actually be inset into the books. Ah. But we don't know and won't know <laughs> how many of the, the limited editions we've sold until, like, you know, whatever. So Do, do we get one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I mean, the, if not, I need to go buy one real quick. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. We will not be lacking in diggers. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I know we're not lacking in diggers. It's uh, just, you know. So the I'm I'm signing these, and uh, yeah, it's um, and they probably know how many there will be. I think they they set an upper limit, but then they opened up the the limited edition to another. And every time they do this, they, they check in with me and are like, you know, are you okay with signing all of these book plates? You know, we, we don't want to tax you. They've been nothing but respectful of my time and and sanity, and I, I admire that. Did you just say that you sit down once a week and sign them sign as many as you possibly can while we record Productivity Alchemy? No. I was just like, no, it's fine. And they're like, there might be up to, like... Two or three thousand, and I'm like, "Yep, well, my tour and night fire yeah. sent me like eleven hundred at a pop, and 
So, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's more a question of what's the deadline on getting all of these exactly. signs. So, yeah. Well, but, scribble, uh, scribble, scribble. I have been uh, uh, following instructions. Okay. And have not been working for the last, well, not been writing. writing for the last few days. Which is good because, like, my brain is, is I had a crappy brain day. You did on uh, with yesterday, uh, and and it was like a con anxiety dream because it's going to be the first time we've had the booth out since 2019 for crying out loud. Yeah, and and but even on the the despite bad brain day, I went and uh, uh, went through the whole con kit. You did, and I had a checklist and everything. A check. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. I had a big to-do list, and I went through it. I'm very proud of you. And uh, and I only lost. I I only nearly left half of the cash box out. Only half. Well, did it, you, it was did part you, with all the money in it. Oh, okay. Did you clean out the cash box? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I cleaned some of the stuff out of the Cause, cash yeah, box. Yeah, because it's, it's gathered like all sorts of like odds and ends and pinbacks and little business cards and things. Yeah, I took some of that And we're just really bad out. about, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, and then the other problem with not having been anywhere since 2019 is like, God damn, I have had a lot of books out. You have. And so... It's like trying to find places in the kit to jam copies of, you know, books and oh, yeah. things. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, but I got it done and I, yes. and it's been good taking the, the brain time off. I have been, um, doing things that, uh, like creative things sort of for fun. So I've mm-hmm. been working on the weird little comic with the little bird. Yes, and, and Jeff from Sofa Wolf was making sure this wasn't a, a project. And in fact, I, I put up some more pages today and said specifically, no, I do not want to put it on a website like a webcomic because then it will be a real thing and people will ask me about it and want to know when there will be more. Right. And then it's not fun. It's Then, it's, then I associate it with guilt. And we don't want that. Yeah. And we don't know. You want it to be fun. And another thing I started doing today is oh. uh, uh, playing around with a um, a 3D architecture program. A 3D architecture program. Well, with the intent of, of making stuff for comic backgrounds kind of thing. Ah. Because you may have noticed, Internet, that many of my comics take place in... Thing, places where I do not have to draw buildings, chairs, etc. Right. And playing around with the, the AI backgrounds, which is what I've been doing with the weird little bird and, and fish, is a lot of fun, but the AI is terrible at things like chairs. It, it Oh, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I see that, yeah. This is a program called SketchUp that just oh, yeah. came out for the iPad that's like... Fairly famous as a yeah, it's been out for a while on other platforms. Yeah, and apparently the iPad port, or the iPad Pro port, is really good. Oh, okay. So I've been playing around with it, and you know, I I will probably find that it is way too much tool for my case <laughs> use, and 
not end up doing anything with it, but uh, you never know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I sometimes I just play with tools to see if they're any good or fun or if they're enough or not enough. And um, and this one, fortunately, has a seven-day free trial because oh, there you go. I, I do not want to spend... Like, the, the there is a hefty, hefty charge for a year subscription to it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I better be... Uh, using this thing for, you know, and I right. don't mind, you know, spending the money on tools. I just, uh, and at least this has the benefit of it does not clutter up the studio. Oh, very true. Very true. So, but I always like using new tools because it's, it's exciting. Um, when you're, well, I find when I'm sort of creatively burned out, mm -hmm. uh, a technical challenge is not maybe as good as an artistic challenge or a an emotional one, mm -hmm. but it gets the same. It, it still works. Yeah, because you it, it, well, I mean, it takes you out of the whatever headspace you're in and gets you focused and using a different part of your brain. Yes. Um, and uh, I mean, I will admit, I have had a lot of like. I will procrastinate by looking at new tool or trying to get something just right when I should or could be spending my time on other more important things. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, I maintain that a lot know. of that stuff is not wasted, though, because no. it's because years later, you know, like all that time I spent fiddling around with a thing that I ended up not using, you know, a year later. Uh, it goes perfectly on thing X or thing right. Y. Or it works perfectly with thing X, thing Y, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's been note-taking programs lately. Um, with the Second Brain course over, and like I found all of my... I, I kept hitting all of those dissatisfying bumps that uh, were driving me crazy with Evernote last time I used it rather heavily, and so I'm like, well, okay, this hasn't changed significantly. And uh, also their to-do to list task functionality doesn't talk to anything but Evernote. And that's sort of a non-starter for me. Um, so I've been playing with NotePlan and Obsidian, both of which use the same storage format, so I can point one at the other, and they're just like, okay, and everybody's happy. Um, and as I experiment with it and tune it, then, you know, I'll probably be talking more in the future. Um, but it's really cool stuff. And it gets me out of the, the headspace of, okay, I'm trying to write a particular piece of code that I can't actually write right now because I have to be, you know, because I'm waiting on somebody else. Um, and I can, you know, tweak, tune, fuck around with it when we're, like, chill time at night and sort of let my brain relax with it, and then... Oh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of the yeah. little little comic pages while uh, uh, watching... Uh, uh, well, we started Gravity Falls last night. Yes. So... We tried to watch this stop-motion horror movie. Oh, wow. And it was one of those things where, had I been tripping balls or higher than the Pope, this would have been amazing. Um, the thing I thought about it as we were watching it um, was that in order to, like, it isn't 
It was a, we need to like sit down and focus entirely on the movie yes. and nothing else. And that is just not something we can do at, you know, 8.39 p.m. on a Monday night. Like, and there are, you know, plenty of times when we can do that, but we yeah. have to be like, a, are you in the mood for a movie tonight? Eh, I'm not really in the mood. Are you yeah. in the mood kind of thing? So Now, occasionally we'll put one on that just sort of grabs us, and then we're not doing the extra things. Yes. Um, this was not that movie. Yeah, and, and I think it could have been very gripping Oh yeah, had we sat down, turned the lights off, made popcorn, and been like, all right, we are going to watch this thing. Yeah. But uh, it's... We... we our our chill time in the evening is is really low low brain power. Low brain power. I mean sometimes it turns into movie night, yeah. but mostly it's like let's let's hang out together in a shared space yeah, and yeah. occasionally, you know I mean we 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 don't talk a lot, but we do sometimes when it's like Oh, what about this thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. And or, we... uh, oh, did you see that? Okay, let me back it up so you can see that. Or, yeah. you missed that. You need to back it up because I, I have the, I generally have the Apple remote. So, yes. Um, and uh, mostly because otherwise I never know where it'll land. Sir, Even if you... I lose it, my, I will lose it myself, but at least I know there are some very specific areas where I will have lost it in. All right. So and what? it's it's nice to have the chill time. And it's nice to have oh, it yeah. in the same room because it you know we we both we both have jobs where we spend a lot of time up in our own heads. We do, we and do. so it's uh, this yeah. is what keeps us from being two ships passing in the night, essentially. Right, and uh, yeah, and so it it. It is one of the things I value about our relationship that we can actually do that. Oh yeah, right. You know, I know some couples who would just be like maddened by it, but uh, the fact that we can just sort of like chill and exist in the same space without having to be like up in each other's business in that same space the entire time is just wonderful. So, anyway, hey, anyway, I have this interview. You have an interview. I do. Uh, Kristen Tweedale, who is a um, well, a feminist scrapbooker, a podcaster, and uh, one of the moderators for all of the different, like, interactive social pieces of the last Building a Second Brain course. And I had a great time talking to her, and we will have that for you right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with Kristen, who has graciously uh, 
agreed to be interviewed on the show after uh, we finished, uh, what was it, building a second brain cohort, 16, where I was a student and Kristen was one of the moderators and did such an awesome job. I was like, I need to find out how she manages all this. So Kristen, you're going to have to do a better job introducing yourself than I just did, if if you would, please. <laughs> Absolutely. So hi, I am Kristen Tweedale. Uh, a lot of people on the internet know me as Are You Kristen Feminist Scrapbooker, which I have been for quite a while now. I run a feminist scrapbooking membership website. Um, I also have my own podcast called Crafty Ass Female, which has been around for a couple of years now. It's fantastic. Uh, we just finished building a second brain. It was fantastic. And oh, yeah. I am an all around internet child, even though I am no longer a child. Yeah, that, that that the child bit is so far in my past. I, I have a hard time remembering it someday. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, and that's your full time thing, right? Is is running the is the podcast and the 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 crafting website yep. and all that stuff. Yeah, it is. I am a full time scrapbooking entrepreneur, which. I never in my entire life imagined that I would own a business, but here I am, business owner. Oh, that actually begs the question, right? Which is question number two, so that's a great segue. Um, how do you keep yourself organized? A lot of systems. I am a systems person. Love systems. Huge fan of systems. Um and actually, so I have two overlapping headache disorders. Uh, one is, you know, general migraines, and the other is a <laughs> it's a fun, rare headache disorder called proximal hemicrania, which basically means that I get somewhere between five and fifteen headaches a day that last somewhere between two and forty five minutes apiece. Which wow. it's yeah, it's just nonsense. Um, but having those limitations just forces you into organizing yourself in interesting ways. Um, so first and foremost is Google calendar. If something is not on my Google calendar, it just does not happen. Um, which means if I forget to put something on my Google calendar, it just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, has been many an embarrassing moment in my life. Uh, <laughs> But then I organize things like I am a scrapbooker. So I have lots of physical organizational tools. I have journals. Um, like I have a journal in front of me right now to take notes. But then I also use tools like um, Notion and Craft to keep my knowledge in. Mm -hmm. uh, because I run a scrapbooking website. I do lots of classes. I do lots of you know, blog posts with the podcast. There's, so there's lots of, you know, knowledge that has to be contained. So those are in one program. Um, I run a website. So, you know, there's WordPress tools, there's different apps and different things that need to be corralled. So those are kept and maintained in another place in craft. Um, for me, it's easy to give places a home and organize mm -hmm. those homes than it is to have one overarching system. Um, right. Past me would have wanted 
a single overarching system, you know, one system to rule them all. Uh, but now me understands that giving every thing their home and periodically organizing the homes is a lot easier for me than trying to maintain a single system because things get messy thing. No matter how hard you try to keep things organized, if you're working in them, they're going to get messy. If you want to move projects forward, if you want to really create and especially creative things, um, they're just, they're really going to get chaotic at times. Um, especially if you have collaborators, especially if you have members, especially if you have a chronic illness, that's like, no, you know what? Today we're having headaches all day and you have no control over that. Um, you know, you can't, it's not, it's not an office job. You don't have a manager. You don't clock in at nine o'clock and say, you know, I'm going to work on these five spreadsheets and then hand them off to somebody else. So having different silos Uh for different things means that, Sometimes I don't, I can just like, you know, close the door to that room over there and say, I'm not going to look at this mess for a little while. And that has really helped. Yeah. I am struggling a little bit right now with the sort of one system to rule them all mindset, but I'm starting to warm up to the idea that maybe my work does not need to live in the same organization tool as my personal, as you know, as my not work as it were. It took me a really, really long time to get over (laughs) that. Like a very, like years. Right. And so like lots and lots and lots of like, organizational trauma to be like, you know what, you know, we're just making a change. We're going to try the change. And if the change works, then you know what, let's stick with it. Right. And the change has worked so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I did notice at least in, in the course as the main focus of the course is there was a lot of talk about frameworks and not specific tools and building a second brain. And I think that was phenomenal. So are you using that same uh, the same framework across tools, or is that flexible as well? So I use a lot of the same frameworks mm-hmm. in my tools, right? But I'm not adamant about it. Some of the like so uh, some of the frameworks that I use, like um, like Para mm-hmm. projects, areas, resources, and archives, work in a lot of my tools, right? They do not work in other tools. Um, and I have in the past tried to really force some frameworks mm-hmm. on tools. And it has come back to not necessarily like bite me in the ass, <laughs> but it's caused me more work and anguish than I'm looking for. And so, like, para, like, projects, areas, resources, Mm -hmm. and archives, that type of setting really works for me when I'm doing 
knowledge work. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not work for me in tasks. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then that was one of the things that I really, between this cohort of the, the course and last cohort of the course, mm-hmm. last cohort, I was really trying to, to, to shove my tasks onto this framework. Mm-hmm. And between the two cohorts, I was just like, you know what? My tasks are getting lost. I need to find another place to put my tasks or they're just not. I was, I was finding this, I was making too many compromises with myself when it came to writing my tasks down or figuring out where they were. And because I didn't want my, where I was keeping, where I was originally keeping my tasks, I didn't want that to get too bloated. Mm-hmm. And so I was not writing out all the tasks I needed to do. Uh, and then things were slipping through the cracks. Right, right. And so I changed over and now I have things three on my iPads. And so... Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Now it's a completely separate task manager. It's over there. I can write down all the things that I need to do. And I don't need resources or archives of my projects or my tasks. Mm-hmm. Like the ta- once the tasks are done, they're done. That's great. Yeah. I've got my projects and I don't necessarily like so many of my tasks don't necessarily revolve like on a day-to-day basics on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis around specific projects. Some of them do, but a lot of them are just to keep like the business running, to keep the podcast running, mm-hmm. to keep things moving forward. Right. That are not right, necessarily right, right. project-based. And sure, like, you know, uh, Tiago or someone in Building a Second Brain would say, these are all parts of areas. Sure. But... Mm-hmm my brain doesn't necessarily need to categorize them into an area to make the task work. I just need to like, you know, even just like making the bed or, mm-hmm. you know, getting stuff out for dinner. Like that doesn't need to be like, it needs, I need to see it to make it happen, right. but I don't need to put it into a whole huge system with everything else in order to make it happen. Yeah, I just and have so, a section like in Todoist that says daily tasks. I don't put mm-hmm. that into, you know, I don't put that into the 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 note-taking app. I don't do any of that because, you know, like daily tasks and repeating tasks, they're things that are going to happen all the time. I don't need a note for them. They're things that correct. have to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so having those systems, even like even within my work stuff of like, you know, go on the app, engage with new members, say hi to people, make sure Mm -hmm. to upload a picture. Like those are all work tasks. They all need to get done. I need to put them somewhere. But having all of that like bloat in something that I would really like to make things easy to find. Right, right. Doesn't need to be in there. And that was a really hard mind shift mm-hmm. because my notes 
are filled with like valuable information. And even though some of it might seem mundane, like, you know, here are five emails that I wrote for an email series to sell a free tool. Right, right. I might want that in 18 months when I go to sell another thing. But if you have that whole breakdown of the tasks of how that email was formed, that's just cruft at that point. Exactly. I, like, mm-hmm. I need the emails themselves. I don't need come up with a, a you know, come up with a series of subject lines, write right. out the first draft. Like I just need the, the finished product from that, not the 10 steps it took me to get to the finished right. product. And you don't really think about all of the nuance until you actually go through it and learn what works for you. Yeah. 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 Uh, as I'm fond of saying, keep what works and toss out the rest. Yeah. And you're never going to, like, you're never actually going to learn until you go through the process. Mm-hmm. Are there any other tools that are, that are like useful in keeping you organized? <laughs> All of my <laughs> Apple devices. I oh, have multiple, tell me about it. <laughs> I have multiple Apple devices at this point. Um, I've had an iPhone for a very, very, very long time. Um, I got an iPhone three. Same. That was my first. Yeah. Yeah. And I have been obsessed ever since, uh, earlier in the pandemic, I brought myself an iPad pro and it has been an amazing, amazing, amazing productivity tool for me because mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, I am a pen and paper person. Yeah. Uh, but the problem with pen and paper is that then you can't search your notes. Mm-hmm. And so the Apple Pencil and the iPad Pro was a game changer for me because then I could handwrite all of my notes mm-hmm. and then search them. And so that was a huge, huge, huge upgrade for me because... For me, writing things down with a pen helps me to remember them. But that only works, you know, so well. Right. And so the ability to write all of my notes in what is, uh, I use good notes. Um, okay. And that is also uh, something that I have sorted by para. So I do have that organized into projects, areas, resources, and archives. Um which makes sense because you when yes. you when you write a note you want to drop it into at least where it's going to belong until it doesn't belong there anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um and so with the iPad Pro mm-hmm. that was fantastic. It's been awesome. Um and so at my desk now I have a giant Windows computer with multiple monitors and so I have an app with my feminist scrapbooking membership website and it's available for iOS and Android, which is awesome. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But that means that I have to do testing on iOS and Android. Right. So I've been using the iPad pro as more of a Mac laptop and I have Mm -hmm. the keyboard connected to it. And it sits next to me all day while I'm in front of my Windows machine. And so I was getting slightly 
annoyed. First world problem, huge first world problem, I know. I was getting very annoyed switching back and forth between the keyboard and the tablet mode with the iPad Pro. Right. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I should just buy another iPad. So I bought myself an iPad mini. Right. And so now I have the mini in front of me and I scribbled notes on that all day. And having a note program. So I have, I use craft, which is a very Mm -hmm. Mac forward note taking program right now. Yeah. It's very pretty. Um, It does backlinking and it's, it works for everything I need it to do right now, Mm -hmm. which is very nice. Um, And so I can have a craft document open on my, my windows computer, the iPad pro and my iPad mini. And it updates seamlessly like in real time on all of them and it is one of the best ways to take notes because i can (laughs) do all the things i need to do on on the little mac on the ipad right pro i can write hand write the things that i'm thinking in my head or just do a mind map and then if i'm watching something which i'm usually doing like watching a lecture or uh anything and someone has uh screenshots I can use mm-hmm. the Windows machine to screenshot something and put it right in the same note. Yeah. Which is a little extra, but that's okay. I caught myself doing it during some of the mentor sessions and building a second brain. Um, uh, some people who I'm trying to, who I'm asking to be on the show and I haven't heard back yet from yet, but it's like, oh, here's a wisdom of Nugget and I'm not fast enough to write it down. Screenshot, drop it in. Screenshot, drop it in. Um uh, so particularly Rin Gonzalez's Rin's Rin is just so full of, and, um, and Carrie, uh, uh, Ben Israel, just like, boom, dropping the, the, the insight knowledge bomb, like constantly. Uh, I really, I'm trying to get both of them on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love both Carrie and Rin. I have so, so mm-hmm. many of Rin's, uh, screenshots just right, like right in my craft notes and like mm-hmm. tiny little notes written down, then just screenshot, tiny little note written down, screenshot. Yep. And just having having those captures is great because, especially in some of those BS uh, BASB mentor sessions, mm-hmm. you want to stay present. Yeah. And so it's not about like okay, I'm here. Like it's it's, it's so much more than a lecture. Mm-hmm. Where okay, you're here to see the slide, write your notes, listen to the professor a little bit, and write some more notes. It's okay. Here's a little thing that I'm going to capture as fast as I possibly can, so that I right. can be as present as possible in this space that's happening right in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the things I'm I'm probably going to retake probably do another cohort just to cement it in right i mean or to get more of that and absorb more of it because there was so much to try to absorb in such a short amount of time right absolutely yeah Yeah. it's it's so the the amount of things that i've been able to reprocess Mm -hmm. 
and more in my own way, the ways that work for me. Like you were saying mm-hmm. with the frameworks. Yeah. The first time through, it's like, oh, okay, these are the frameworks. Now, how can I get them to apply to the things in my life? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, more cohorts. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, I'm going to plug the book now that's coming out, I guess, two months from when this should actually air. Um, just for everybody who's there, the building a second brain book is coming out. And um, I cert- I already have it on pre-order. I had it on pre-order, like as soon as it was announced last year. Um, but uh, I think it's, um, I'm hoping it gives like a really good general layout of everything sort of in your hands versus having to dedicate a very large chunk of change in five weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been telling every, everyone who's been asking me like, oh, what is this about? I was like, buy the book first. Yeah. Yeah. Buy the book. The book's coming out. Don't worry. You're going to buy the book. And if you're really into the stuff in the book, then come take the course. Yeah. Because if you're really into the stuff in the book, you'll love the course. But the course is like, it's very intense. It is a very, like, um, when I took, uh, when I took the last cohort back in, it was November. Mm -hmm. It felt like I hadn't really done this much schoolwork. And I'm, I am, I am a person who, like, I am always taking a class. I have never not been taking a class. Right, But I haven't right. done this much schoolwork since, like, college. Like, actual, like, my last semester of college. And, like, it felt very good, but also, it is intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say straight up, I got sideswiped by day job in the last two weeks. Yeah. And so... It's like there's like a point I got to, and I'm really glad I I opted for the you can take it again in the future, really expensive option. So that like as I can cement the first three parts of the course in further and then see how valuable the, the other two are for my use case. Because there's a lot of, you know, this is for creative people and this is how you pull things together to make something new. And I'm like, I do a podcast with interviews every week. I do, you know, I, I'm a programmer and I already reuse a lot of code because that is what, well, I'm an engineer. We already use a lot of, reuse a lot of code because if we're not reusing code, why are we engineers, right? right. Um, <laughs> why are you doing this in the first place if you're not using the things that you already spent your hard ass time working. Right. You built this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but we, you know, but I, I'm absolutely going to have to take it again because I was so sideswiped that the last two weeks, just, I didn't get to participate as much, which is terrible, but at least I know I can take it again. Anytime. If I can get in, I missed out on 13. I was supposed to be in 13. I couldn't get in. I missed it. And so I was, yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, for those of you who who haven't gotten it yet, uh, those of you who are longtime listeners, I loved this course and it was really good. Um, at least for me, right? So, wow, we've gone through a lot of tools. We've gone through a lot of frameworks. Um, is there anything we're we're missing before we get on to the next bit? 
That's a good question. What else do I use? Um, I do. So you mentioned that you are a programmer and engineer. Mm -hmm. So I run a, (laughs) depending (laughs) on who you talk to, it's either not that complicated or very complicated website and app. Uh, it's in between no code and some fairly complicated code. Right. And so I have to do a lot of things to keep both my website maintained mm-hmm. and my membership community maintained. Right. Um, and so I have a lot of little weird programs that I also use that like nobody, nobody knows about. And there are the ones that, like, you know, everybody knows about. Like, I have my email and my CRM. Right. I have Canva that I use constantly. I keep all of my um, art and design organized in Canva. It's like, I have thousands of designs in Canva now. I've been using Canva for probably almost six years. Ever since before they were a tiny baby. Like, they were... <laughs> they were a nothing company and no one knew about them. And now they're doing amazing, incredible things. And I'm like, this is awesome because I know how to use this entire program. Right. Um, and so I actually use Canva to schedule all my social media now too, which is great because I, I pay like $12 a month to do almost everything. Mm-hmm. I also use uh, the Adobe suite. Oh yeah. Which, so I also need to keep all of these programs that I use organized. <laughs> and so right, I have this massive crazy thing that I wind up doing um, because it's complicated. Mm-hmm. I've got a website that's run on WordPress with, you know, a membership plugin, a LMS plugin, uh, right. you know, a shopping cart plugin. Cause we've got a whole WooCommerce store um, and they all need to run together. Mm-hmm. Well, And then we've got, you know, the site itself is an app. So it runs on iOS and it runs on Android and the app itself is built off the WordPress site. Right. Um, But that requires a little bit of an additional code itself. Um, And then the other organizational tool, aside from, you know, Google Calendar, is that I actually need to show up for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I schedule live events. And as a, as a stay-at-home, work-at-home freelancer, small business person, I guess I'm not even a freelancer anymore because I own all of my own stuff and I don't actually do work for anyone else anymore. Um, <laughs> I make my own schedule. Right. But I need to show up places. Mm-hmm. If I – and I schedule my life and my business around showing up. I have a live stream every single weekday, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern for my members. And we create uh, what's called a daily page. It's my daily art practice. And I do that live on camera every day. I have things on Friday nights. We have monthly Mm -hmm. different classes and create days. And...
keeping the physical things organized is also a interesting endeavor to try right. to show up to keep the the membership community mm-hmm. happy. And so lots of interlocking systems. Which is awesome because systems are systems are my favorite. What was funny is um, I finally broke down and got a label maker and a whole bunch of bins for all of my stuff because, you know, I have a, I would have a, a travel bag for when we go to conventions, but I'd end up pulling stuff out and putting stuff in and then it would all sit in the bag on the floor or in the corner or whatever. So I, I, I have, and I'm going to move my camera. No one else can see this, but you'll, you'll be able to see. So you can see all those bins on that top shelf with the labels on them. Um, but I was creating a new one during a weekly review before I left for the last event I was at, like last weekend. And I'm like, where's my label maker? Oh, I put it in the bin called office supplies. Now I have a bin labeled label maker that has the label maker on the right. Yeah, you have to have those interlocking systems because if you don't, and you don't have like a system or at least a way to find physical things just as fast as you find digital things, it it gets hectic. And yeah, I'm still kicking myself for putting the label maker in the office supplies when I certainly need it more than just, you know, pens and post-it notes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we've already talked a little bit about this. We've talked a lot about this because you like systems. Um but what about habits? We've talked a lot about the systems and the tools you use. Do you have any habits that fit into that other than a habit of using the system, which hopefully is self-evident, but. Yeah, I have lots of habits. Um, the biggest one, the one that everybody knows the most about, I think mm-hmm. is um, it's called daily pages. Uh, it is a project that I have been doing for about this will be the third full year mm-hmm. coming up this summer. And I take small notebooks. Uh, my favorite are the field notes notebooks. Oh yeah. Those are nice. Yeah. Um, and every day I just open up to another set of pages and I create Something between a miniature scrapbook page, an art journal page. Uh, sometimes I just slap some stickers down and it's just, you know, I just call it a day. And it's a conversation between me and my notebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out in a time of like serious creative burnout where I would go to my desk and I had no idea what I was doing. And it would just take me like three or four times the amount that it quote unquote should take. Um and I just needed to inject a very mm-hmm. small amount of creative time where I didn't really have any rules. Um, but I had a very small canvas mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be just a summer project, but the summer ended and I just kept doing it. And, uh, when the pandemic started, I created a small class for people to join me and it was going to be a month long class. And at the end of the month, people <laughs> were just like, can we keep doing this? and so we've been doing it uh monday through friday since Mm -hmm. april 1st 2020 and 
that is that is my grounding habit for the day. If I do nothing else at all, at noon, every Monday through Friday, I get my daily page in, which gives me three core things for the day. It right. means that I am doing art. It means that I am spending time with people. I am right. spending time with people from all over the world, really. We have members that join us uh, from all over the U.S. We have members that join in from the U.K. Uh, our Australian members don't join in because it is uh, yeah. three o'clock in the morning there. Or four, depending on where they are. But our Sydney friends, it's it's three o'clock in the morning. Um, so they usually watch the recording. But then I also, I, I it's me spending time in my business. Mm-hmm. So just by doing that one thing, I'm doing art, I'm doing social time, I'm doing work. So I've checked off my three main boxes for the day. And even if I'm not moving any projects forward, even if I'm not doing anything, that habit ensures that I have done three things that really mean something important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're with my overlapping headaches. Sometimes I really can't, sometimes it just takes the whole day away from me. Right. Um, but if I can do that, that's my minimum viable success for the day. Yeah. Um, a couple other habits I have is that most days I do a daily check-in and a checkout. Uh, 15 minutes, you know, have my priorities changed since last night? Is there anything I need to be aware of? What are the things on my agenda for today? My checkout is, you know, what did I accomplish today? Because it's good to know what you accomplished. Most of the times we're not checking in with ourselves and saying, hey, what did you accomplish? We usually don't celebrate it either. Um, And then at the end of the day, it's so much easier for me to say, what should I do tomorrow? Because one of the things that I am constantly talking about, because it is a big thing for me and it's a very big thing for uh, the women who find themselves in my membership is decision fatigue. Oh Lord. I think everybody has it at this point. It feels like. Uh, I think the (laughs) pandemic has like multiplied it times a million. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no decision fatigue. And so finding the places in your day where it's easier to write down the things or make the decisions, wherever it, wherever you can insert ease and less friction in the decision-making process, I will jump on that. So at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, what should I do tomorrow? And I'll write down the things that I have to do tomorrow so that in the morning, I don't have to decide what to do tomorrow. Right. That, that tiny little thing has just, it's just saved me so much time, let alone frustration. Because if I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? I'll spend 45 minutes just like puttering around because I can't think of the things that I'm actually supposed to do. Because one, I'm, I am not a morning person. I am so bad at mornings. I'm just bad at them. And so trying to put the heavy lifting, the heavy thinking lifting in the morning for me is it's just not smart. Yeah. It's a great time. If you know what you're going to do, like I, my wife says I'm a morning person. I'm not really. It's just that I get up earlier by 
sometimes by force. Thank you, puppies. Thank you, cats. Thank you, roosters. And, um, uh, and you know, I have a job where it is important for me to be online and reasonably same time every day. And mm-hmm. so by the time she gets up, I've had two cups of coffee. I've had, you know, she, she's a writer and an artist. So she's, she's much like you. Her day is much more, she has a structure, but it's, it's not as structured as mine where it's like, yes, at noon, I have two meetings every day or something like that. Um, but no, those first couple hours while the coffee is kicking in, it really helps if I know what I'm going to be doing. And so I can be like, okay, I'm going to start process X, Y, and Z, and then read my email so that that way I know I've got something already moving and starting to percolate. Yep. Yeah. Um, how about menu planning? Menu planning, deciding on what to have dinner at the end, uh, you know, at dinner time has been murder. And I've started doing like try to plan a- ahead at least four or five days of what, 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 since I'm the cook. But then the decision fatigue kicks in because it's like, okay, what have we got? What are we going to cook? I've been working all day. She's been writing all day. You know, neither of us wants to make a, de- make a decision. So I try to pre- pre-plan that. Um, yeah, actually, one of the best things that has happened to us for meal planning is uh, we belong to, uh, right now we only belong to one of the CSAs. But <laughs> yeah, we get a CSA every week. Yeah. And they're like, here, these are the vegetables you're getting this week. And mm-hmm. it really helps with meal planning. And so we get the email on Monday with like, what's in the box? Right. And it's like, okay, so this week we got green garlic and we got ramps and we got, you know, salad mix. And it's like, okay, well, I know what's in the freezer. We always have lots of meat from Mm -hmm. the different. um... Okay, so a little bit of backstory. I grew up in North Jersey, right outside New York City. The most amazing restaurant. Every type of like pick a country. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every kind of food you could possibly imagine best restaurants i could be in new york city in 30 minutes everything i used to li- i lived in queens for a couple of years i know exactly okay. what you're talking about right yes yeah like, like like i mean you and you could even divide the countries and then it's like okay so here's northern italy cuisine here's middle italy yes. oh yeah yeah and so we moved out to mid michigan uh for uh my partner's phd program mm-hmm. the uh restaurant scene is lacking i'm aware uh my ex-wife is actually from lansing so i have spent and i have several (laughs) friends in the detroit and ann arbor area so i am familiar yes 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 (laughs) we are are in east lansing so okay uh, yeah it is it is 100 a college town so if you Mm -hmm. want you know if you want college food we have college food but the restaurant scene is quite lacking but to that is fine because we have the best produce, man. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And the meat here is incredible. And the college, they train these they, tra- they train these kids to be farmers mm-hmm. and ranchers. And we get the best quality food that I've ever had in my whole life. And so we just cook constantly because we can. Yeah, and so so you know we constantly have the the freezer outside and the refrigerator outside because again we live in the Midwest and there's a refrigerator and a freezer in our two car garage that's bigger so, than every apartment I've ever had. Yeah, um, no, I, I 
I have, I have a, and it may be that my family's from Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. And so that was sort of ingrained, but yes, I have the garage freezer. I don't have the garage fridge, but we certainly have the garage freezer Mm -hmm. um, with, yeah, all of the, there was a sale or the, the one cattle farmer down the road from us had a really bang up year and Mm -hmm. I can get, yeah. Oh yeah. Or Sorry, everyone out there who's a vegan, I'm going to apologize right now. Or we had too many roosters one year. Yep. You know? And so we, I had a, a four or five chickens ready to go in the freezer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And so that, that has incredibly helped with meal planning is having mm-hmm. the CSA, them telling us what vegetables we're getting, and then being like, oh, okay, well, this will go with this. Mm-hmm. And then... Even saying, like, um, like uh, we got ramps from the CSA this week. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, we're going to make ramp risotto. And we thought we would have it on Tuesday. But then on Tuesday, we did too much work. And it was very, I was very tired. So, you know, then that became Wednesday's meal. Mm-hmm. And so our meal planning isn't super rigid. Right. But we do decide on like, what meals are we going to have ahead of time so that we don't have to stand in front of the refrigerator with the door open for 10 minutes. Oh yeah. Because that, that is definitely, (laughs) Oh yeah, no, because that definitely does not feel, that does not feel awesome at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. when you have forgotten to eat and it's like i what what are we doing and there's just yeah. not yeah not so many great options for like just easy food anymore i'm actually at the point now where on sundays i pre-plan i pre-make basically my salad for the week i have a salad for lunch every day and i've got four bags of salad in there and what i and i four um containers and i just split up all the veg that i'm going to put with the bags of lettuce and two hard-boiled eggs and you know and and i just have those in the freezer so when lunchtime comes around which you know is sometimes the half hour between meetings i can just run to the kitchen grab a bowl grab a bag of salad grab a thing done that's awesome yeah yeah that's really great yeah and that way i also eat lunch which yeah it has been a problem in the past. Yes. You know. Yeah. Lunch is lunch is so hard. Yeah. Yeah, lunch is really, really hard. Well, this is why they have the I have the exact same thing for breakfast every day. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way there's no choices in the morning. No choices. Yeah. I will not make any choices in the morning. I just need to please give me food and let it have, you know, let it not be sugar. I I solve that problem by, I don't think I've eaten, I only eat real breakfast when we travel anymore. Um, I am a, let me start, but give me my coffee in the morning. And then that is all I require until noon ish. Yeah. My, my headaches are so bad if I don't eat in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Which, which was, This was a whole thing that I did not want to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. 
until everyone else around me forced me to acknowledge <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, so no, now it's smoothies for breakfast. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's uh, a sausage sandwich, tiny little sausage sandwich with a farm mm-hmm. fresh egg. Which oh, is, yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, we get farm fresh eggs from the CSA, and it's like, oh, if I just have one of these every morning, I feel so much better. Yeah, I I have so many farm, quote unquote, farm fresh eggs that I, <laughs> I don't know what to, that's why I have two in my salad every day. Because right. I have to, like, if I don't eat them, or I found, I've, I've got a new preservation method, so I might have eggs through the winter when they stop laying this year. I had to buy eggs last winter. I was very cranky about that. Um, but yeah, no, there, there's a point every year where we have more eggs than I can give away. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in the habit now of eating at least two eggs a day. Um, but with lunch, not with, or dinner, but not with, you know, but not at breakfast. Cause I don't know why, but breakfast and I have never gotten along. Yeah, no, totally. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I reluctantly became a breakfast person. <laughs> and even still, sometimes like I have to be force fed breakfast because I just like, I sometimes do not want to be bothered at all. Cause again, yeah. not a morning person. And the last thing yeah, I yeah. want to do is be like, now you want me to eat food? Please just let uh, me. As, as, uh, as my wife is saying, because of a couple of her meds and I have had it happen to me on one or two of mine, yeah, food is stupid. There's just a point in the day where food is stupid and you eat the bare minimum and then you go on about your thing because right. food is stupid. Yeah. Right. Even when you love food and food is amazing, sometimes food is just like, please, no, I can't, yeah. I cannot deal with you right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So breakfast is an important habit. Breakfast is an important habit. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of my other really important habits to wrap up the week Mm -hmm. is a scrapbooking weekly review that I do at the end of the week. Okay. I do a what happened in my stories. And I do this for my entire membership. We have a weekly review at the end of the week on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. And we talk about what are the things that happened in our week uh, what pictures did we take? Did we get any scrapbook supplies? Mm-hmm. And this is all so that if we want to actually scrapbook these stories later on, we don't have to remember them. Right. Uh, because I'm shit at remembering the actual stories that I want to scrapbook, like, any time mm-hmm. after, you know, a week after stuff has happened. Right, 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 right. So now it's all just in a document each week Mm -hmm. with the pictures. And so when I get to that point in my scrapbook, it's like, Oh, okay, well what happened this week or what happened this month? Is there anything important that I want to scrapbook or, you know, I get the stack of pictures. Right. And they come and it's like, what, what is this? Why did I take this picture? What is this? Why is this? (laughs) Why? Yeah. Cause that has happened like a a million times. It's like, I know, I know this is important, but why? And so, you know, now there's just, you know, documents mm-hmm. and notes. And so you just go back and, oh, right, cool. This was this, you know, airplane that I saw or whatever. This was yeah, a yeah. snake in the grass, this bunny rabbit or the stupid woodpecker that's been knocking at the back of my house for two weeks. Um, I, I know that woodpecker. I think he has a cousin down here. 
oh my god, I just can't. They're so annoying. Um, they're just the worst. So that that's a, a really great way for me to wrap up the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And then it, it feels really good. It lets mm-hmm. me like really end the week and just be like, okay, and now I have nothing to worry about. I don't have to think about anything. Awesome. Yeah, it's also really helpful because as I'm putting down the photos that matter, I flip through my phone and I delete the photos that I don't want on my phone anymore. Yeah. Yeah, which is great so that I don't end up with 20,000 photos on my phone. And then I'm like, how do I have 20,000 photos on my phone and like 10,000 that I don't want? I Since I'm Mac across the board... I actually do a lot of that sorting in the photos app on my laptop. I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I would, Um, I would have a much better time if I could just sit here at the computer and be like, delete, 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 delete. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a little while to figure out how do I mark multiple photos to delete on my iPad? And then like, and then I was like, or now that I am a hundred percent Mac across a hundred percent Apple across the board, I, I, all the apps talk to each other. It's the greatest thing in the world. Um, yeah. I just bring up photos and go, okay, select that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, delete, or, you know, here's the, here are all the photos from the m- month we spent in Tibet. I'm just going to select all of them and drop them into a, a folder specifically for those so I can find them in a group, yeah. you know, and then get rid of all of the photos of my Pokemon in Pokemon Go. i know right like oh yeah there's just so many things that are like oh yeah that's it in photos too huh yeah oops i seem to have taken a photo of my shoe in the dark okay (laughs) i i did that or you know yeah accidental screenshot yes Yes, exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) right i hit the buttons in the wrong order and now there's just a screenshot of oh yeah nothing like me turning the page and it's just a blur. Yeah, uh, or, you know, oh, I really didn't need a screenshot of my, uh, I, I got the new, I got a new toothbrush that has an app that tracks how well you do your <laughs> teeth. I don't need a screenshot of that. No. You know, occasionally I want the screenshot of my blood sugar tracking app, of my continuous glucose monitor, but that's for a completely different reason, right? Sure. But I don't need 15 of them. No, no, right. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Um, Do we miss anything in the habits? I think we got them all. We got a lot of habits. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've we've sort of already started to talk about what does how how do you decide what to do first in a day? Well, you did that the night before. Hopefully. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah, that that's that is a lot of how I decide to do things. How I decide to do things first is mm-hmm. that I've already decided to do them because I really don't like to decide how to do things first. Yeah, and do you, do you have like any other like you have your breakfast habit, and do do you have any sort of routine that drives your day since you are completely driven by your calendar and free form? But is there like stuff that? Do you do to get yourself there or is it just like, nope, I do the same thing every morning and roll with it? Um, a little bit. So mm-hmm. I belong to this mm, membership group called Aligned Productivity. Mm-hmm. And I run a couple of co-working groups for them. Okay. 
So on Monday and Wednesday mornings, I start my, I, I start my real day at 10 o'clock in the morning um, in front of the computer doing a co-working for them. And then I end my day Thursday, uh, Monday through Thursday doing a co-working for them from 5.30 to 6. So I think of my work day as sitting in front of the computer from 10 to 6. And it doesn't actually always work out that way. Right. Um, but I try to be in front of the computer and looking at, and so like, I will try to look at my email first thing in the morning. And then I will try not to look at my email at all until five 30 again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if I get stuck in email, there's no reason for me to get stuck in email. Right. No one, like if I look at it first thing in the morning, I can answer things that are, important. Right. If I look at it at the end of the day, I can also answer things that are important. No one is emailing me about an emergency. There are no scrapbooking emergencies. Um, (laughs) And if there are, it's that my website is broken and I will notice it. Because you're on it all day. Right. Exactly. Um, And those like, those are, those are the only notifications that I get on my Mm -hmm. phone. I don't get any other notifications at all, except for direct messages from people in my community. And so if I get a direct message, it's usually because someone needs something or there's a spammer on the community and we get the most hilarious spammers. Um, And throughout the day I have little things that are the same, but each day of the week is actually very Mm -hmm. different for me. And that works out really well. My my days are weighted heavily towards the mm-hmm. beginning of the week. Right. Uh, and that's so that if I'm not feeling well towards the end of the week, because I've done too much at the beginning of the week, I have more rest. Or if I need right. to take off because I felt really shitty at the beginning of the week, mm-hmm. I have space at the end of the week so that I can catch up. So it can balance out, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, that's very much how, how my week plays out. Um, (laughs) And everything kind of, I do a lot of time blocking. Okay. I'm not great at jumping into things and then doing tasks for like 15 or 20 minutes because it takes me about 10 minutes to get into a task. So I need, I need a solid 75 or 80 minutes to really get something and push it forward. And so I have a few of those time blocks on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, so that I can really try to push things forward. And then I have more meetings on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. Because I'm a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. Focused. <laughs> uh, and usually it's better to discuss the things that happened on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. We we try so hard to have no meeting Fridays. Um, <laughs> and uh, I have, I had uh, a coworker at a prior job, prior job that was like, no, I do not. No meetings at all on Fridays, period, exclamation point. Don't even try to schedule something. I will not do it. 
It's like, okay, great. I wonder how that's working now that you left that company and can't just dictate those terms and work at a much larger company that probably has a very different attitude about that. <laughs> yeah, like the one thing that I've found more than anything else is mm-hmm. inflexibility never actually works. No. And, you know, the more inflexible that you are, the worst time you're actually going to have. And if you want to just say, like, yes, I'm never, ever, ever going to be available on Fridays, then, like, okay, well, that's a liability. Yeah. And... You can be like, you know, hey, I, you know, I really highly, highly, highly prefer to not schedule meetings on Fridays because I, you know, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes when push comes to shove, Friday's the day that that has to happen. Oh, yeah. Especially in the corporate world. Right? Yeah. And it is what it is. And sometimes we can have what we want. And a lot, you know, so much of the time we can have what we want. If we build what we need to make things work for us, so much of the time we can have what we want. But there are so many external things that are outside of our control that to actually get what we want. Oh, yeah. We have to do a bunch of things that we don't want. And like, it, it, it's that it's that thing, like, do you want to stay small and comfortable in the thing that you have now? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to get a little bit uncomfortable to have the thing that you actually really want? It it also just occurred to me in the back of my head when I was thinking about it that it was possibly also one of the most privileged things I have seen. Like, late 20s, early 30s, single white dude in the tech industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, now that I look back on it, yeah, no, that is that is pure toxic, toxic work stuff right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet you're so glad you don't have to deal with that on the daily anymore. It's, um, <sighs> yeah, my, uh, my last quote unquote real job. Mm hmm was working for the United States census in 2020, uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. And it was both absolutely incredible. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Um, I was 24, 23. I was 23 and 24. Um, and I wound up being in charge of, you know, at some, cause I wound up being good at it because, again, you needed to be highly organized. Yep. Highly organized. And I wound up being in charge of 1,700 field people. Holy shit, monkeys. Yeah. (laughs) And they, some of them did not really like that a 23-year-old girl was in charge of them. I can see that in Michigan. Um, Yeah. Oh, no. this Well, this was back in Jersey. Oh, Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this was in Jersey. Oh, wow, yeah. (laughs) And it was the height of the recession. Oh, yeah. So there were doctors, there were lawyers, there were Mm -hmm. lots and lots of Wall Street people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was, and then, but there were lots of people who also, like, 
totally dug it because it was a federal job. So there was Mm -hmm. lots of read all of this thing, read the entire book so we can get through this training. And it was, I I was very much more like, here's what, here's exactly what you have to do to, to do your job. Here's what we're going to do. Here's exactly what you need to get done. Here's how you can succeed in this job. And let's cut all the BS. And we were very successful, but also like I was never going to work in an office again. I was never going to work for the federal government. And like, that was just, Oh, no, thank you. I I did my time in fed space. Yes. Uh, I I did. I did. I did a contract in fed space uh, for several years and I left it because it was one of those. I could spend the rest of my life in this job doing the exact same thing. And I don't have to worry about, anything and if i but if i want to advance or if i want to do something different i have to either a leave the government or b wait for somebody to die or retire correct you know and so you know i know people who are on that particular contract and have been on that particular contract since its inception in the 70s and they are you know they still have a job because there's it's the the national computing contract uh for the epa and our research triangle park and, you know, there is one person who still knows how to operate one machine that has basically <laughs> been there since the 70s. And until they decide to retire, they have a job. It, the only thing that's changed for them in the last 40, 50 some, 40 some years has been the name of the contracting company that writes the check. Sure. Yep. Right. And I'm just like, I, I, I would rather gouge out my eyeballs with a spoon. I, I understand that yeah. so very much. Yeah. But if yeah. it works for you, great. I am not dissing any of you in right. Fed space. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um. yeah, no, that just, mm-hmm. that, that could not be my life. It just, yeah. it was, it was fantastic for a little while and the census was great because it is so transitory that yeah. really worked for me but man no uh-uh it was a great place to recover from uh, an extreme case of burnout from yes. the prior job like because it was like i knew what i was getting into every day there were no surprises and the check always cleared right so <laughs> well right that's nice is that the government's money is always going to be there yes yeah, unless you know they cut funding to your department. I, like I would hear well, the stories about you know because this was the early two thousands. The EPA so like so everybody's like, man, we miss Clinton. Clinton funded the EPA, and we just don't have the funding we had right uh, under under uh, W. And but but that was really the only thing was was you know okay, we have to balance how much money is coming into the agency versus what we can do. Um, there was never a, so you're, you know, you've worked for a month and you're not going to get paid because, uh, you know, it, it isn't like a, a, a grant where, oh yes, you lost your grant. So the whole thing collapses tomorrow. Yeah. So, exactly. Um, I do not envy people in, in the education space who have to deal with that. Yeah. No. No. All right. Are we ready for the fun questions? These are my favorite. The next three are my favorite questions. Absolutely. All right. So um, uh, what is the best advice you would give somebody else or and maybe uh, what the best advice you've been given? 
don't be afraid to screw up. Yeah, so many people are. Yeah, constantly. I think that's one, and I think that's actually one of the things that mm-hmm. we saw a lot in in building a second brain is like, how do I make the perfect second brain? Right. Um. But screwing up's the best part. Oh yeah. You learn so much more from messing up and your mistakes and what you don't like than from doing it right. Yeah. And like, so, okay. So I'm a huge fan of being right. I love being right. (laughs) I like, again, I, I love being right about things. Oh yeah. If you're wrong about something, you have the chance to, learn why you're wrong Mm -hmm. and make your argument even stronger so that you will not be wrong on that subject again. You will be right in the future. You will be even more right and you'll know, and you can be even more confident in why you are right. Being wrong gives you the ability to be even better. Every time you're wrong, you just The experience, you just have more, you grow in ways that you couldn't possibly grow if you were just right all the time. And then there's my wife who's, you know, who fuels herself by when people are wrong on the internet. So, you know, (laughs) uh, what's, what's your warm up writing? Someone is wrong on the internet. Okay, I'm just going to get out of the way and let you do your writing warm-up today, uh, which is apparently, you know, entertainingly blasting some poor dude. Idiot. It's always an idiot. I never, you know, into oblivion to the point where they don't realize they've been blasted to oblivion. So, okay. Uh, (laughs) Hey, man. It's a good warm-up. Yeah, it is. It is. Um and that actually, but that, that all leads into the next question, which is how do you deal with failure or missing and, or missing a goal? I have learned to build failure into the process. Yes. It is a, it is a very long journey to that. Um, I was a, perfectionist child a straight a needed to get everyone's praise child Mm. um did well in school did very well in school um was very upset anytime i got anything less than whatever on a test and that mindset carried through to me as a young adult and so anytime I had a setback. It felt catastrophic. And my census job actually helped with this a lot. My headaches help with this much more. Mm -hmm. Learning that one Sometimes 
failure, a lot of times, failure is out of your control. So out of your control. And preparing for the fact that you might fail and it's out of your control. Mm -hmm. Leads the process to be better. And if you can make that process more resilient, then you're just going to have a better time. And if you can enjoy screwing up, and this is something my dad taught me, and, and I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand until, you know, right. my late 20s. You know, screwing up is just part of the process. You know, Edison and his light bulb and all of these 10,000 times. Yeah. This is something that I try to teach my people in my membership is that mm -hmm. when you're creating, when you're scrapbooking, when you're making an art journal, when you're making a page and you're playing with all of these things and you make something that you don't really like. That's awesome. Because then you can figure out why you don't like it and you don't ever have to make that thing again. If you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really <laughs> like this paint. Cool. Right. Get rid of the paint. Don't ever have that paint on your desk again. Make room for something else. You know, we have so much stuff. We, we're, we're oh, making yeah. all of these choices. If you made a choice and you're like, oh, you know, I don't like these puffy stickers. I don't like how much they puff. Cool. Don't buy puffy stickers again. Yeah. Stick and, a pin in them, flatten them back out. It's right. <laughs> Just build build this resiliency into mm -hmm. your your goal setting, your project. And you know, part part of this was taught in school. You know, you you build your first draft, then you build your second draft. But we don't actually talk about like the, the amount of time that this takes. Um. Instead. It's just a matter of like, oh, okay, let's, we have a deadline, so let's create everything and get there mm -hmm. at the deadline. And then if it fails at the deadline, then we've, you know, then it's, then it's done and it's over and, you know, there's no coming back. Right. And that's not fun for anyone. <laughs> and so building more fun and building more resiliency and building mm -hmm. more, you know, what do I actually want this to look like? How does this work for me? How does this work for anyone? And mm -hmm. in building a second brain, they, they talk about intermediate packets. Yes. And if we, if we kind of check in with ourselves every little bit of the way, and it, it, it all has to do with being more introspective, mm -hmm. then failure isn't, you know, you're going to get kicked off the project. You're going to get kicked out of school. You're going to get like, you know, it doesn't mean that all of the work that you've done up until this point gets thrown into the garbage. And I think that's so much of when we hear the word failure, that's what we think. We've worked so right. hard. We've put hours and hours and hours, and now it's, it meant nothing. And we can build our systems so that that's not, that's a lie. Yeah. 
And I think that's the most important thing that we can do is build our systems so that when we do the work and we get to a point and it's not working for us, we can just shift some things around. And, and that's also how I deal with missing goals because my goals change all the time. Especially when it comes to uh, dealing with a website, building mm-hmm. an app. I can't ever remember, honestly, a time where I created a goal for the website, wrote out all the things that I was going to do for the website, said it was going to be done by this date, and it actually happened. Never. It's never in my life happened. There's always been some kind of change that we had to make. Something we had to push back. Something didn't work the way it was supposed to. And that's, oh. that's software. The, 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 the day there was a, a bug in how... It wasn't even a day. It was like a, a month where there was a bug in... Um, I use Badge OS so that people mm-hmm. can claim badges, right? Um, but there was a bug in in it for about a month where I, you couldn't pick an image from the gallery. You had to go in and update it in the database <laughs> in order to write. Now I am a technical person. This is easy for me. I know how to make the database commands, right? But that first, the first one where I was figuring out this was what was going on and staring at that, you know, that, I want to have this out and available like at noon, uh, at noon Eastern on Thursdays every week. That is my goal, and pan- like like a little bit of a panic because I was not going to have that badge ready because there the image that I spent you know twenty minutes making um, was not right. Oh, so frustrating and and just like ah, but yeah, no, completely outside my control. And then I had to spend, you know, a month, like, remembering, okay, now we go into the database, we find this particular line, we assign the image here after, yeah, no, it was, it was uh, thrilling, I think is the right term. But, you know, I, I have, you know, that's why I aim for noon Thursdays and not, you know, every single day or, you know, right. I I aim for, I don't always hit. Right. Or, you know, the day I, for, I I put the schedule on wrong. So the badge came out. That's great. But the episode, um, <laughs> you know, I had clicked the wrong button and it wasn't actually going to come out until noon on Friday. And everybody's like, where's the episode? Where's where's the la- Oh, right. I have to go in and I have to push the button and then I have to go to where the actual podcast is hosted and push the button because I forgot, you know, I hit the wrong button. Right. Yeah. These things happen. Right, they happen. Yeah. And it's not... It's not the end of the world, and it doesn't mean all of your hard work was for naught. And it's not... It, And it was a learning opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or, shoot, last month I forgot to hit unmute on the interview before I hit turn it into an actual file, turn it into an actual podcast and released it with an hour and a half, two hour blank space. 
And it's like, okay, I have to go remaster it. Am I, have I learned something? Yes, I have learned something. Go back to the checklist that makes sure you do everything right. <laughs> I have giant post-its that say press record so that I press the record button. <laughs> yeah. There oh, yeah. Multiple, time, multiple times where I did not record an episode. Yeah. Well, I recorded on my end, but I did not record it on... Or I... I Press the record button, then I unpress the record button. This was in the very early days of the podcast. Yeah. And I did not have multiple redundancies built in. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or there were a couple times where I would, uh, before, before the website I use now, before the conferencing tool I used before this website, um, you know, it was, yes, I have to make sure everything's hooked up so I can press record and it actually records Skype or it records Google Meet or it records whatever. And now it's like, I have a, there's a website that does it all for me. As long as I push the one button, it's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Flip side of the coin. I think I already know the answer to this one. Um, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Yes. Um, and I learned a new way of celebrating my successes uh, okay. during the pandemic. So big successes, I've learned to celebrate with two things. I give myself an immediate reward, and mm-hmm. I give myself a reward that I can see over time. Okay. So the immediate reward is usually some type of like takeout or... Well, it's always been ta- since, since <laughs> I learned how to do it in the pandemic. It's been takeout, right? Um, yeah, some type of like celebratory meal or something special or fancy that is like consumable. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is something that I can see all the time, so that I am reminded that I earned a thing for doing something good. So, like a usable trophy. Um. So my Apple Watch is the one that I bought for completing the app. Um, And they can be small. They can be little, Mm -hmm. like a journal. uh, Something that I want, but can be useful. And instead of always getting, like, consumable things, Mm -hmm. having that reminder is like, oh, yeah, look, you did build an app. (laughs) uh and that that's that has been really nice like to to, and it's not every time i look down on my watch but it it, it's it's enough Uh times of like oh yeah right you have this because you built an app lego sets have been really great for that yeah you know because like you can see in the display case behind me other than the evil doll but you know i have i have several and i have several left to build because you know hey when I have a stressful day, building a Lego set is the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But also having, there's there's that, I did a thing, I can buy the really expensive, you know, Mandalorian Razor Crest. Oh my God, that thing was so ridiculous, but worth it. Because then you sit, you know, sit down, I had a bad day. Oh, I have this thing that I can go that, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our community has a subset of Lego aficionados. Yeah. I, I have never been the last time I was so obsessive about a Lego thing as I have been the last two weeks uh, or, or about anything was um, I think when I was into magic, the gathering, I mean, you saw the Lego Muppets came out yes, and um, 
Uh, yesterday, the I finally got the last three I needed to finish out the set. So it's been like six blind bags a week since I found out. And yeah, no, it was, but, and they're, they're in a display case on my wall because, you know, why shouldn't they be? But I mean, that it's, it's, that's like a a little durable reward, not just because I had to have all the Muppets, but you know, I just, I released episode 250 this past week of the show and it's sort of like, yeah, this is sort of a reward to myself for doing that. Yes. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Gotta have, yeah, durable things uh, are much, I think are much better for some of those rewards. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, since we aren't really traveling the way we used to or. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, although I think the next sort of set is uh, we now own an RV. And so it's getting the RV ready to be able to go places because it's really kind of nice to be like, yes, I'm just taking my house with me, and we're not don't know, I don't have to worry about hotels or stranger danger. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. All righty. That is all of the heavy duty questions, except for one. Um, we don't need money. We're in a good place, right? And we would rather our fans and listeners give their money to someone who needs it way the hell more than we do. So who should our fans give their money to this week? Their money to, not our money, their money to. (laughs) They should give their money to the National Abortion Federation hotline. Hell yeah. So they can go to Mm abortionfunds.org and find the closest local abortion fund. This is so hugely important right now. It really is. And even if you don't want to find your local one, you can go find one in a state that is more hostile, like Texas or Alabama or Mississippi. Uh, South Carolina is the closest one to us. South Carolina is the closest one to you. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. You know, and uh, yeah, no, uh, the the Carolina fund is something we are, are, are... big supporters of um and uh because i expect there are going to be a lot of people from south carolina who are going to have to come north to get these services absolutely perhaps people from virginia heading south yeah you know i don't know what's going on in tennessee i try not to know what's going on in tennessee (laughs) (laughs) i i understand that yes um Excellent. So now, where do we find you online? You can find me online mm-hmm. on most of the social media networks as RU Kristen, R U K R I S T I N. And you can find me at theawesomeladiesproject.com. And you can download the app at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash app. Yes. We will. I will be making sure to uh, to link all of these. Will go in the show notes, right? Awesome. The the you know spotlight charity first, and then all your links, and then all the other things we talked about. Cool. Um, thank you so much for taking some time out in your weekend to uh, to talk to me. Absolutely. And, thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah, and also the one last thing is your headphones are amazing. 
where did you where did you get them? I have to know. Um, I got them as a birthday present. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe my partner got them on Amazon. Okay. But I will email you a link. Yes, because I think everyone should see these see these headphones and and if they so choose pick them up because Absolutely. they're awesome. Yeah. They're so much fun. They work really well too. Oh, well that's even better. Yeah, they're re- like they're really good headphones. Yeah. So, no, I'm I'm Again, Apple across the board, I have my AirPod Maxes that I have just at my desk for recording and things, but that's, you know, that's me. So. Yes. Yes, they are fantastic. Yeah. Rock and roll. Thank you. You are so very much. welcome. Yeah. And uh, and for the people at home, we will be right back after this. Kristen, it was an absolute joy having you on. I am so glad uh, we were able to make that happen. Um, and I had a lot of fun talking to you. And I hope everybody out there listening has enjoyed uh, has enjoyed the conversation. So, hey, um, I have a word. Tell me the word. Uh, the word is scrapbook. I, I went through all of the... Little orange cats, not chewing on the zip ties, you weirdo. I need to trim those. Um, those are the anti-Sergi zip ties, because he kept going up there and knocking that particular like speaker bar off that desk. And so I got tired of it, and so I've zip-tied it up there, and we'll see how long that lasts. Um, no, no, little, anyway, little orange, yeah. you're, you're not assisting with the signing. I, I went through the entire list and realized we'd never use Scrapbook. We used Scrap Bros years and years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but never Scrapbook. So we're going to, so this week, uh, the badge code, the word of the week is Scrapbook. And what do you do with that word? Well, you go to productivityalchemy.com. You look for the little place that says enter badge code and you put it in there and you get a badge. Yes. It's, uh, it's an open badge and I really need to investigate a new system for issuing them because this one is, a little older and isn't getting updates anymore. So, you know, I got to find stuff. Uh, but it still works, and that's the important part. So, hey, uh, give that a shot. I know several of you out there really enjoy collecting badges. Um, yeah. While you are on the website... While you are on the website... There is all sorts of stuff you can find. There are links to past episodes, show notes... Show notes. Uh so many show notes yeah uh, like episode hundreds of episodes of show notes yeah uh more about who we are what we do well mostly what who kevin is and what yeah he i, re- I really need to show. sort of update all of that but yeah it's uh it's a little old i i actually wrote an official bio so that when people ask for our bios we can send them out yeah, I need to make sure mine is updated. I, uh, incidentally, if you're a writer and your career is doing anything, uh, make a press kit. And this is not anything scary. 
This is just have a web link to a thing that has a good headshot, a couple of different lengths of bio, oh yeah, and uh, stuff like that. It's it's keeps you from having to re-bio yourself every single time. And let me tell you, you will get very sick of your own bio because, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm tired of Spider-Man's origin story, but at least he gets to shake it up occasionally. I, right? Uh, I will always have been born in Yokosuka, and I will always have gone to school in Minnesota, and eventually you're, I start thinking, like, I, I want to change my origin story. I'm... I'm... <laughs> So bored with <laughs> being, you know, there with having to type this same thing. Maybe, maybe I'll just start making shit up, and you shouldn't do that. So no, and and I will say, press kits can also be very valuable. I usually get a single page like PDF with a brief bio and like bullet points about what people are experts in when. Uh, they're being pitched to be guests on the podcast and some I absolutely will have on and some like I turned one down today. Um, so I've turned down a lot and uh, accepted several and I think they were all great conversations. So yeah. Uh, anyway, while you're there, you can find all of those. And the other thing you're going to see is a link that says support. Don't, don't, yeah, don't. do it. I mean, you can if you really want to. We're not going to force you. But what we would rather you do is give your money to people and organizations who need it a hell of a lot more than we do. Yes, we are doing good. We will tell you if we are not doing yes, good. That but is correct. at the moment, as long as we're doing good, uh, your money is better spent on... Uh, food banks and other charities. And what charity are we talking about uh, today? This week, it's the National Abortion Federation Hotline, um, abortionfund.org. Uh, they are fighting the good fight, and they are also helping people find uh, health care from uh, places that it may be soon not able to get health care. Abortion is health care, people. Abortion is health care. Um, and I try to phrase it, I, I always try to phrase it as healthcare, and because, like, all of the organizations, all of the providers of said services do a hell of a lot more than abortions. And that's just the, the you know, that's just what's being used to gut punch people uh, when, in fact, you know, there's a whole host of other services that are going to be lost at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly would not have had birth control for many, many years without Planned Parenthood. Right. And, uh, um, and cetera, bunches of others, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, please go give your money to abortionfund.org instead of us. And that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, I need to go put my chickens away. Your chickens who have decided that uh, climbing on Kevin is the most fun thing ever, apparently. Uh, six of the, the six middle children... The six middle chicks, the uh, the uh, bantam coachins, all just last night decided all at once that I was the most interesting thing to sit on, and were all over me. So uh, I'm gonna go see if they do it again because it's you know, and I'll probably have to put Lucky and Clotho back in the coop because they like to sit out after. I I don't know if they're watching the sunset and enjoying the evening air, or if Lorge just sits in the door until it starts to close and then they can't get in. It's it's hard to say. It really is. Chickens yeah. are chickens are complicated. Well, yeah. 
And Lorge is a grumpy old man, and who can blame him? So yeah, that's it for this week, and we will talk to you next week, and uh, hopefully you will do your very best to uh, stay productive. And sign all the things. Sign all the things. Signs, signs everywhere, signs rocking up the city. Just turn off the mic. Yes, dear.